Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos for the big game and the upcoming college basketball tournament. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Mina comes back for an appearance on Greenlight, and it's the perfect time. We do a little Super Bowl preview, talk coaches, talk quarterbacks, who has the best fit, which QBs might land where, are the Aaron Rodgers to Las Vegas rumors true, that thing's swirling pretty good, and Aaron's kind of stirring the pot. Will we see him in the black and gold? Mina throws her two cents in on that, as well as the Geno Smith extension in Seattle, what the Frank Reich hire for Carolina means, how Kellen Moore can unlock Justin Herbert, and the biggest matchups in the Super Bowl. It's a blast and a half. You'll please enjoy. We will be back on Wednesday with a good bit of fun, a whole lot of betting, and a special show Friday from the Super Bowl in Arizona. We'll also be live on AMP and YouTube on Thursday from Arizona with a plenty of special guests. Make sure to tune in for that. Y'all please enjoy. They call me to breathe. I keep blowing and All right, just to open the show, we're major NBA podcast. Matt. What's up? Kyrie Irving has been traded. Did you Shut see this? up. 26 seconds ago. No this way. from Shams. Shams Charania. Is that, is that how I say his last name? Yeah. Noted Riz God. Riz God. The Riz God. Right. What do you think about Dallas? I had heard it heavily speculated. There was a lot of rumors about Dallas. If that happened with something like Tim Hardaway, Christian Wood, and a pick, that would be really interesting. Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first round and multiple second round picks. From a basketball perspective, I like it, but you're betting on Kyrie Irving. I just can't. I don't know enough about you know the current state of the NBA. I know that that guy's terrific. He really is incredible, but I just... That's Every couple amazing. months. That's I did not think that he would actually get traded. That's interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. All right, so we have a shorter show today. It's uh, it's just me and Mina Kimes. It's Sunday. Uh, it's our today, your yesterday. And uh, we get ready to go to the Super Bowl on Tuesday. So recording schedule is a little bit different. Uh, but it's all good. We are raring to go. We got an Airbnb. We're going to be... It's going to be 77 degrees. Yeah, it should be great. Dr. Fax has already been talking smack about defeating all of us in games around the house. Yeah, beer pong and all that stuff. I drank a decaf coffee today. Oh, how was that? 
at 12.30. So at some point here, I'm probably going to become less than friendly. Yeah. And I'm wondering at what point that happens. I don't uh, know. But it feels good. It feels fucking good to have that 15 milligrams did of caffeine in my... Straight my black coffee, or did you throw anything in it? Iced coffee with just black coffee. Yeah. So we'll see. I also uh, saw a tweet of yours the other day apologizing to future Chris for taking, taking a nap, a nap. I, which I heavily identified with. There's nothing with. worse than taking a nap in the afternoon. There's nothing better, and then there's nothing worse. When you wake up, you're like, damn, I needed that. Unless you're going out. like If you're, if you're going out, and you, yeah, you're and you drunk, know you're going to stay up late. But yeah, if it's the uh, normal bedtime, it's tough. Oh, I just 10 p.m. hits, and I'm like, why do I feel like the world might be ending and I can't sleep? It just that's how naps affect me. Caffeine affects me that way. I live pretty clean. Just zen, cannabis, and enthusiasm. Uh, but not today. So I'll report back on that. Hey, uh, did y'all see the bell in Philadelphia get missed by that rapper? Yeah. I wrote that sentence in passive tense. Did you see the, the rapper missed the bell. And yeah, say, big whiff. We just talked about this. This is a huge win for me. This is like, I can't think of the sports metaphor, but, you know, that guy makes me look good mm-hmm. following me. He really does. You couldn't Armani White. Armani White. He went two White. for four. You went two for four? Oof. You went three out of three. I went three out of three. Because didn't have the... And listen, I was kind of, I was being, because I'm hard on myself, because I am a perfectionist of sorts, I didn't like my first strike of the bell. Now, did I make an excuse? No. But what I did do is I talked about the fact that the bell's too small. The bell's too small. The mallet's too small. That little rapper guy made that bell look small. The mallet's too small. You can't, now that I've rung the bell twice, I feel like, you ask me once, I'm not going to say anything about it. You ask me twice, I feel like at this point I can start to comment on, you know, the size of the bell, the size of the mallet. I can make suggestions. Mm-hmm. Not to say you should take my suggestions, but did you see the rapper miss the bell right after I talked about it? It's too small. That's all. I feel vindicated. Get the 76ers a, Sixers a big bell. We, we should a, get them a big bell. We'll get them a really big one. I know where there's a perfect a size bell. Right down the street. <laughs> Just get the real fucking Liberty Bell. Yeah. I also heard that uh, that mascot that you called a bear is actually a dog. Oh, he's a dog? Whoever he was, he was pretty chill. Come over and flick it up with my kids. My kids thought we were uh, just picked randomly out of this the stands. They're like, what a lucky day this has been. <laughs> so, uh, okay, Mina Kimes, and that's about it. And uh, then we'll see you Wednesday. Cash App, the easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people. And that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies and my custom Cash App card. We head out to the James River. We pick up some drinks. We pick up some snacks along the way. Somebody pays with their custom Cash App card. And we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money, save and invest in stock and Bitcoin, Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You want to remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money, and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag.
we're not just heading into big game season. We're heading into big ad season, and it doesn't get much bigger than this. Two of the most iconic beer brands are about to make history this year. Coors Light and Miller Light are facing off for airtime in the big game after a 30-year absence. But the big mystery is, who will win? We're Team Miller Light around here, so we're rooting for them to be the big winner. But every little detail of the ad is completely under wraps until the actual game. So you just have to watch on game day and find out what happens with the rest of us. With a Miller Light in hand, of course. The big game hasn't been this refreshing in 30 years. Be sure to tune in to see which of these beer giants reign supreme. And don't forget to pick up some Miller Light to enjoy during the game. Get Miller Lite delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart by going to MillerLite.com slash Greenlight. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, Mina's back on the show. It has been too long. Uh, it is good to see my friend. Maybe we'll see you in Phoenix. Uh, are you excited? Or like, where does this rank in Super Bowl layouts like Phoenix? Versus some of these other Super Bowls we've had to go to the last couple of years. Well, a little known fact is I'm actually from Phoenix. Oh. I went to high school in Phoenix. Yeah, so a little bit of a homecoming for me. But yeah. I, where I'm from is not where... It, I'm from Gilbert, which is like a small town in the s- Southeast Valley. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the other person who's from there in our world. Um, so I don't think anything's going to be there. It Ooh. seems like it's going to be mostly like downtown in Scottsdale. Or as we Man. called it when I was growing up, Snotsdale. So Snotsdale. Mm. Wow. My uh, my parent my parents live in Snotsdale in the in the winter. It's so I mean I would live there now. If I yeah, was- yeah. You're like, yeah, I want to move to Snotsdale. Yeah, Gilbert. Famous people from Gilbert. Um, oh boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, how many can Did you I name? Make it? Uh celebrities from Gilbert or close to it. This is uh <laughs> this is you, you made it. You He's made it. Just- yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's really good. And then you go to these. <laughs> Brock Purdy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that Ryan blew my mind when I saw that. Yeah. Couple TikTok stars. I have no idea who these mm. people are. Uh, isn't that depressing now when you look up like celebrities <laughs> from or famous birthdays? I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. We've lost it. Um, yeah. We've lost our grip. Okay. So, one of the most famous <laughs> people from Gilbert. It's a big homecoming week for Mina. We'll talk about the game in a little bit. Uh, it feels like a ton of news is breaking, and I don't know where to start. Let's just start with coaches, man. Mm. I feel like the Frank Reich thing broke, and then we just stopped talking about it, but that was a shock to me. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, I didn't think you'd get a second chance as a head coach so quickly. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Did you? I mean, did, did you have that on your bingo card? Uh, you know, I I think it felt like, I mean, I'm not an insider, but... A lot of people thought he got a raw deal in Indy. Right. And then sort of what happened in Indy after he left kind of made him look better, I think, which can yeah. help sometimes a little bit of a comparison. Um, I guess I saw him that there were reports that he was interviewing for OC jobs like the Chargers. So that made it a little bit surprising. But he seems to be one of those guys who has a pretty universal like re- approval rating around yeah. the league. So. Yeah, I, the guys that played for him loved him. I think he could be a little bit like uh, more of a hard ass if there were any reviews that I kind of gleaned from talking to people. Uh, but I do get the sense that he got a raw deal. I mean, like, how could you not get that sense, especially with everything that's happened since? And it feels like Indy 
they've gone through the interview process three times. Like, what are you mm-hmm. covering up? Are you just going to hire Saturday? Is that it? That's what there's, there's, there's a lot of whispers about that. Is it, is that hard for you? Because like, you know, you got to know Jeff on, on ESPN and like yeah. everybody that gets to know Jeff loves Jeff. But I this know. thing, this thing sucks. Objectively, it sucks. Yeah. We were in our chat when we were talking about it as this is kind of dragging on it looks more likely and i was like i just don't want to be on tv that day <laughs> when it breaks mm-hmm. i mean um the thing people like don't understand is speaking of universally high approval ratings there are a lot of people at espn where if they got the job not everybody would be like oh that guy we love him i mean i i think he might have been the most like espn employee of the last 15 years yeah um, doesn't make him a good coaching candidate or doesn't mean it was a good decision or will be a good decision. I'm just speaking to why I think the reaction has kind of been what it is in ESPN. Is Dan Orlovsky rooting hard for Jeff Saturday so he can go be a head coach at some point here? <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, I will say, you know, I was talking to someone, look, there's a lot of problems with that, the way everything went about, the Indigo went about it and – you know, we talk a lot about the lack of diversity in coaching hires and networking and that kind of thing. But it, it is an interesting thing, the idea of NFL teams hiring more former players with less experience as head coaches. It would be an interesting development, a little more like the NBA, to be honest, yeah. if they were to actually yeah. start doing that. Again, not saying it would be a good move in this particular case, but it would definitely set an unusual precedent. Well, I do think like, you know, D'Amico Ryan's case, like that's a real positive. Anybody yeah. that played with him talks about, I mean, it was like telegraph that he was going to be a coach one day. He got people lined up. He was a leader. He, he, you know, he got along with every corner of the locker room, like that stuff that's directly applicable to you being a, a good coach. And so I think like, as long as you have a resume that people can respect, yeah. maybe Ty goes to the former player in some, you know, in some facilities, but I don't think that's going to be the case everywhere, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It feels like, you know, it's all about these guys that never actually played at the highest level. And I'm not throwing salt on the McVeighs of the world and that tree. And, you know, seemingly every boy wonder OC that they're hiring. But I think defensively, especially, you might see more uh, former players getting into coaching and, and finding those fast tracks. Yeah, that's interesting. It would be probably more defensively. You're right. I mean, D'Amico, to me, was the most desirable candidate pretty much like you said i've never heard anyone say anything negative about him the defenses he coached in san francisco i I think something that kind of you know people talk about how talented that group is in san francisco and you know when we describe them we talk about their speed and physicality and you know they they play hard for him he's also brilliant i'm sure when you watch them they do a lot of cool shit on defense yeah. Um, so, you know, he seems to have it all, but he was only a coordinator for a couple of years. So, yep. you know, it's, it, it, I, I think if anything, maybe Ty goes to the former player, but also it's very believable that he can step in right away with a little bit less experience. And so no question. And I do think when you look at that defense, we saw it in the, in the championship game, especially you see like Kinlaw right off the bat, getting blown off the ball and some of the, the issues they had on yeah. the interior you know, as the Eagles prepared for the Niners and I was comparing the two D lines, like it's not even comparable, the depth that the Eagles have and, you know, like the quality that they have left to right as you go up and down the line. Like after Nick Bosa, there's a drop off. And, you know, after yeah. Armstead, there's a drop off. And, and, you know, like I'm not disrespecting some of the role players they have. Uh, but, you know, you saw it too in this, in, you know, in the second level and third level more so 
you know, they had some injuries and some personnel issues that affected them when they played the best teams they played. Um, you know, I, so I do think, you know, like I don't want to make it out like D'Amico was coaching this all-star team because they were very good defense. They have Ufanga, they've got Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, like game-changing players at each level of the defense, but their depth wasn't as good as some other no. teams. Secondary, it's not that great in no. San Francisco. And, no. um, yeah, I, I, and with the D-line, too, like, I mean, Chris Kacerik obviously does a phenomenal he's job. He's a hell of a coach. Hell bringing of a coach. guys, and I, I've heard he's, like, an internal candidate for coordinator, so we'll see what Oh, that'd be awesome. There. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're definitely not as deep. Um, it, it felt like for years they would just bring in vets like yeah. Arden Key or, mm-hmm. you know, um, God, Amenahu, whatever. I don't know, just like random guys who would suddenly be awesome on that defensive line. But you're right, it really didn't compare. To the, it, it's an interesting kind of team building thing. Would you rather have a superstar like Bosa? I mean, Armstead's really good. Yeah. Or a line like Philly where like everybody's good, but you I'd rather have, have that. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd rather have that because... You talk about the luxury of trotting Brandon Graham out there who's got double-digit sacks for the first time in his career in his 30s. And, you know, the, the corners obviously are very good in Philly, so that affects the way those rushers are perceived. But when you have, yes. uh, you know, a guy that probably should have been in the conversation for DPOY from a production standpoint, you've got Fletcher Cox who had seven sacks this year. You've got Hargrave. Uh, and then you got Josh Sweat, who's like a luxury developmental piece. It's just everybody's a luxury of, on that defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, okay. that, that, that helps. We're super sidetracked, but this is going to yeah. like blow your mind. So the Eagles, I was just playing this up for our show on Friday. The Eagles led the league in sack rate this year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird. It kind of flew under the radar. Like, I feel like we spent so much time talking about Parsons and Boza mm-hmm. that like we didn't really talk about Reddick and what this Eagles line was doing. So they led the league in sack rate. The difference in sack rate, so con- ability to convert pressure and to bring the quarterback down, the difference between them and the number two team, Dallas, was the same as the gap between the number two team and the number 23 team. Wow. They were, and, and like you said, a lot of that is coverage too, mm-hmm. right? And But yeah. just the depth, the inability to double team a guy and be fine, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty remarkable. And like, weirdly, I do feel like it was kind of an under the radar storyline this year. No question. And eventually people caught up to it. And now they're realizing as you look at that game, and maybe we're here Uh-oh. right now. We're, <laughs> we're here right now, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll sidetrack into the Super Bowl. Um, but like, how does Kansas City get all those guys blocked? I think, you know, like they're way better off than Cincinnati would have been. Um, but still, I mean, I think Wiley and Reddick is a mismatch a little bit. Um, there's a few in there. I mean, it's nice to have a center like Creed Humphrey and all that stuff. But um, they're just, like we said, it's five across um, if they want it to be. And that's a real challenge. Do you think it'll be quick game? You think they'll be max protecting a little bit more? I was watching the, the Chiefs screens yesterday for just this exact reason, because yeah. I do think that they're going to really lean real, and the Chiefs have a, a beautiful screen game. I mean, if you like offensive line play, that Chiefs interior offensive line, I posted some clips, incredible in the screen game. Yeah, they're game. terrific. And they're amazing. terrific. And, and that's really the strength of the line, to your point. Yeah. The tackles are potentially an issue, I think, especially Wiley versus Reddick is the one. I do think that they'll use a lot of screens. I think you'll see some quick game. I think you'll see a lot of RPOs. I think they'll run the ball which is probably their biggest advantage on yeah. offense is that interior yeah. run game. But they're going to have to really scheme it because, you know, this Chiefs defense is no joke. Yeah, no question. Uh, Indy's had three rounds of interviews now, so we don't know what's going to happen there. We just covered that. We got Frank Reich to Carolina. Another one that I think is kind of important, and we've talked plenty about Sean Payton. I think this is a hire that gets me excited about Denver. I hate to admit that. I'm back in. I was out. 
You back um, in? Yeah, I was never in, but now I'm in. Um, with with <laughs> with right. I mean, like going in the season, I was like, nah, this ain't gonna work. I just didn't believe uh, it, an unknown commodity and Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, who hasn't played great the last couple of years. But I think Sean can fix them. And I thought one thing that was really exciting was they have uh, Brian Flores uh, interviewing for that DC okay. job, and I think that's really cool because they have the corners and the safeties and a couple young rushers that they can play man and they can bring pressure. Um, I know one thing that's really important in a defense like his is like a Christian Wilkins guy. They don't grow on trees. They'll have to go get a guy like that, right? Or do they have somebody in that building? Um, but what do you what do you make of a Brian Flores fit there? And where else? You know, Minnesota is another place that he was floated. Yeah, uh, God, I'd rather be a defensive coordinator in Denver than so Minnesota. As would I. Uh, there's a lot of talent there. To your point, I think defensive tackle and linebacker is probably where they need to bone up. But they've got the edge rushers. They've got the corners, and we'll see what happens. I don't know if. Uh, safety what the status is of some of their players but there's a lot of talent yeah. uh, on that side of the ball so I think um I'd be curious to see what coach Flores does with them um because also his system's pretty different from what they've been running which has been a little bit more like the Fangio style defense right, right. which might work in Miami as we has been floated Did you like that higher yeah I, I mean I, 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 I think it's gonna work fine I mean I think I think it raised the ceiling of that team same. You know, they, they can't they can't rely on being great offensively every week. And, you know, like the fact that they, you know, they, even in the playoffs, you scored 30 points against the Bills with a backup quarterback, basically. I don't remember what the final score was, but, like, who knew you'd be there? Now, there were turnovers that played into that whole thing, but um, I think when, when it became crunch time for them, obviously Tua's injuries and the, the defense were, were the issues. And, you know, it was a really talented defense, and... Josh Boyer, of course, inherits the group. He was a DB coach when I was in New England. Um, I just didn't see it working. And so it's no surprise to me that we're going to see some new blood there. I think it's going to work out. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I think they have got – I mean, I actually, that defensive line is really talented. I mean, yes. you've got Wilkins. I thought Jalen Phillips. He I think I remember awesome. talking to you about him yeah. when he was drafted, and I really yeah. liked him. I didn't Miami. like him. I didn't like him as much. That's the one Miami Dolphin I've been wrong about. I, J- I've been Jaylen super – I thought he was more impressive than Chubb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, like there were situations late last year where I was like, hey, you need him rushing outside. Yeah. You know, I know you just traded for this guy and he's a good player, but this kid's more talented. And uh, you can see it – I mean, the way he was terrorizing Josh Allen and kind of like chasing that dude around, I'll be enjoying watching that the next 10 years in that division. So – um, how about another coordinator, Kellen Moore? Are you into that, or um, I feel like this is the higher the NFL has to get right. I've said this fifteen times about the Chargers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, I like that they made a change because I was pretty. I found the Chargers offense pretty painful at times. And you know, one thing is with Kellen Moore, the Cowboys did push the ball downfield more, which is what everybody's been wanting Justin yep. Herbert to do. So there's that. It's it's interesting, right? Because like, if you look at Kellen Moore's stint in Dallas, they had, like, the most explosive, efficient, one of the, like, three most efficient offenses in the NFL in just about every category, but nobody's happy with it. And mm-hmm. I, to me, like, there were some ups and downs. I, I don't know. I, I would put a lot more of that on, I think, roster construction, in my opinion. I'll be curious to see, you know, when you, when you have a coordinator who played for an offensive head coach, Mike McCarthy, 
sometimes they make decisions and you don't know who the decision is coming from, right? Exactly, yeah. So I'll be curious to see, okay, now he's playing for a defensive coach, Brandon Staley. He's going to have total control. So maybe it'll be a little bit different. Yeah, and I kind of wonder, you know, what what McCarthy was meddling in and what he wasn't, and now he has a chance. It seems like with Shoddy coming in that, like, yeah, this seems like a hire that's like, hey, you are the de facto – well, I'm the de facto OC and you're the the title holder. Um, And Shoddy spends the time in Seattle, so anything you want to tell (laughs) tell, uh, Dallas coaches that he spent time in St. Louis too. Yeah, I mean, I actually think he did a decent job for a couple of those years with Russell Wilson and didn't get a lot of credit. Enough credit, yeah. Yeah, but you know, there were definitely some frustrations there. So That's probably we'll McCarthy's offense now. And so, you know, like the Kellen Moore situation, I really hope it works out. That's the guy that was talked about as a head coach. And do do you ever wonder like when a guy takes a job like this? Now, I thought Staley was cooked, but evidently not. Um <laughs> You know, do, do you ever wonder if a guy takes a job like this and he's like, okay, I could have a chance to be an interim head coach here pretty quickly? Oh, God. Um, he's, Kellen Moore isn't one that I would immediately think of. Like, you know, okay, actually, when it was rumored that Reich was going to be the offensive coordinator of the Chargers, I was yeah. like, oh, that's, you're, you got a clock. Like, there's Six, a sword. Succession now. plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I don't know if Moore would be the one who I would yeah. put my finger on there, but I got to think certain experienced coaches taking those jobs have that in mind for sure here's another one i know eric Bieniemy's name's been floated a little bit i mean a little bit he's been his name's been floated Forever. for seven years yeah um but you know like the ravens offensive coordinator job i've heard his name in in connection with that job i've heard his name in connection a little bit with the the commander's job um you know one of those two is possibly a succession play not that you know they they think the a head coach at this juncture, but um, how do you think if you're Baltimore? All right, I want you to be Lamar Jackson. <laughs> does, it, does Eric Bieniemy excite you enough to to stick around? And is the hundred million dollars that stands between them allegedly too much to keep you there? Um, first of all, yeah, I mean, Eric Bieniemy, I think would be a good hire for Baltimore, and I would I would be into it if I was Lamar. You know, I saw some reports that they were focused on guys with run experience, which Bieniemy has. But like, I'm, that that really struck me as being wrongheaded. First of all, you're letting go a guy who that you know is one of the better run game coordinators or run right. play callers in the NFL. So, and and you're not letting him go because he couldn't call a good run game. The other thing is like. This is going to sound hyperbolic, but like I could call an efficient run game with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I can yeah. call counter rash. Like I can, I can. Like you know, you have an extra number. I mean, it, it, yeah, but yeah, that's not the, the problem. Yeah, that's not the problem. The problem yeah. has been the past game and yep. so I, I was really hoping they would bring in someone who could improve the pass game, which is something that Greg Roman has. You know, not it's not been his strength throughout his NFL career. Um, so if I'm Lamar Jackson, I want someone to come in and get my receivers running routes with proper depths and not running into each other. Um, and then as far as the money goes, I always struggle to like talk about this because it's always like, who knows what matters to any particular person. And, you know, I, 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 but it does seem like he should get at least as much guaranteed money as Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, so as a starting point. 
I know, and that's one of those situations where you're looking at, you know, Steve and Cliff and saying, like, what the fuck were y'all doing? And and that's my guy, Steve is my guy. But, yeah, you're looking at that and you're saying, damn, dude, we got to answer to that now. And, you know, like, um, uh, by the way, the Ravens' second interview with Seahawks uh, QB coach Dave yeah. Canales. Uh, you know anything about this guy? He's, they like him. I actually yeah. talked about him with Geno Smith a little bit at the Pro Bowl, and he spoke really highly of him. How was that? Oh man, Geno's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? A, what? A, what? A, he? Have you ever met him? Nah, but I've heard good things. He seems like an awesome dude, man. I'm super happy for him. He's super, just like calm. He has like such yeah. a calm energy, and yeah. it does feel like that kind of perspective and maturity that just comes with like lived experience like you know i mean he was like planning for life after football he was you know and he didn't sound like resentful or bitter about it he was kind of like this is in the same way though he doesn't sound surprised or like i guess overwhelmed by what's happened to him this year he just seems like ready for the moment i mean yeah. It's crazy. What a crazy story. I find it really, in some ways, it's a bummer because he probably should have gotten chances earlier. And I think right. there's some pretty shitty things that happen along the way. But in other ways, like, you know, I, I always find kind of like slightly later in life success stories really inspiring. I bet a lot of people do. And he, to me, is like the case study for that in the NFL. The thing that sucks, as you alluded to, is he's 32. You know, had this happened at 28, he might be in yeah. line for a big deal. So what do you see happening here? And give me one scenario where Gino's not a Seahawk, as hard as this is to do hypothetically, because I think you really like him. I think he's going to say just the language coming out from him, from Seattle, from the insiders, some of the numbers being thrown around, yeah. I think are pretty reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember which of the insiders tweeted something about like the low 30s, which is what it would be to franchise him. I think that's totally reasonable yeah. for Seattle uh, yeah. if it were to happen. You know, years is kind of a thing. You probably want a deal that's like really two years or whatever. But I think it's it, it seems more likely than not that it gets done, especially with Seattle dropping out of that two spot in the draft um, to five where they've lost a little bit of leverage there. I guess it really the only scenario to your, answer your question where I think they would maybe not want to get a longer team deal done and he might think it's not enough or there's not enough security is if they really fell in love with one of the quarterbacks in the draft. Right. But I, I kind of think that they're going to go heavy defense, which is what I would like them to do. With the fifth pick in the uh, 2023 draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Will Levis. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were going to say Will Anderson, and yeah. I started nodding. I was no, like, no, yes. no, no, no. <laughs> Had you in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to fall in love with Mayo Boy, man. I don't, oh, know how high, so I don't know how high up on the board he's going to go, but the people are going to love that guy. I mean, tall. Big arm. Josh good, Allen. Good just, hair. He's yeah. going to completely. Have you watched Wait, much can, of him? Not enough to, to. It's just mostly the mayonnaise. And then, you know, like the, <laughs> the inconsistent performances at, at Kentucky. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like. I don't want to. I don't want to make a, a college quarterback generality. There's just you got to be. No, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to keep it to myself because I was going to hold like the performance of his team against him at times, but that's not the way it is. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Texas Tech weren't great. Wyoming didn't win a bunch of games. Uh, you know, like Kentucky just could have been. I don't know, Kentucky. 
the discourse this year is going to be insane because the best quarterback is like my size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be taller. Well, he's a little bit taller. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> he's, he's petite. Yeah, he's small. Great, great kid. Yes. But that's going to be a hell of insane. a player. But it, yeah, I mean, like you are taking a big chance. Um, so, you know, like I think another thing with Gino is guy's 32 how much mileage does he really have on him i think that's the one position um where if you bide your time and you get a chance late in life so to speak as a bridge quarterback like i would take into account that he hasn't played a lot of football um so maybe his 32 is like a 29 or a 30 uh which of course is a big difference and you know pete's 71 you know like do you yeah, right. And he looks great and he, he conducts himself like he's not 71. But like, I think he has my energy. I'm 37. I have Pete Carroll's energy. He's 71. But like, I think he uh, has more energy than you. Than and me. He's he definitely. He's more 71. I know. Gino, Gino was like, how we were just talking. He was like, how can you not come in and work hard every day when you're like geriatric, that's not his words, coach is coming in and running gassers with us? Like, it's <laughs> But having said that, him. maybe he doesn't want to start over with another quarterback. Like on a, you know, like not that yeah. he gets to make all the decisions, but you know, hell, I want to, I want to give this one more good run. Let's build around the good young talent we have and try to win with Geno and see what that happens. That should have been the first had... clue, by the way, that Seattle wasn't going to rebuild because Pete Carroll wouldn't let them rebuild. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's the truth. Athletic Greens. I take AG One by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted to improve my gut health, boost my energy, enhance my immune system, and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. And now, we podcasters at Greenlight are getting on the AG1 train. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. I get up every morning, the first thing I do is uh, I I mix in some AG1 with some water, that's all I need, tastes great. Uh, It definitely has improved my digestion, keeping me regular. Sorry if that's TMI, but I'm feeling good. I think it's helped my energy level. I think there's a, a ton of ways that AG1's helped me and I probably have no idea. That's the great thing about this. It's gonna surprise you. Your life's gonna get better in ways that you don't even realize. Ready to take on my day, ready to hit the record button on the podcast, ready to go. Also, the cost of AG1 is less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. That's athleticgreens.com slash greenlight. Check it out. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos for the big game and the upcoming college basketball tournament. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app today. 
Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. What do you think about Rodgers? He's making sure we know uh, the Raiders interest him. He's at a golf tournament. He's like... They're like, yeah, how's the weather out here? He's like, the Ra- I know the weather's good with the Raiders. Then he hits his drive. That's not exactly how it went down. But, you know, he can't wait to fucking, you know, give us a scent. What do you think about Rodgers to the Raiders? Uh, the Jets are plus 250. The Raiders minus 150 at this point. Wow. I don't I don't know if there's any, any um, dark horses in this race, but what do you think of the whole situation? I mean, if I was Aaron Rodgers... And my, I don't know what his priorities are, but if my priority was getting to the Super Bowl, I would certainly not choose the Raiders over the Jets. I think the Jets are a better team. I think you don't, you're not in a division with Patrick Mahomes. I think um, the Raiders have clearly still many holes on their roster. So I would be, I wouldn't do it. I would choose the Jets if I were him. You Jets? Yeah, you choose the Jets. I might too. I mean, you know, just... I mean, the AFC East is going to be tough too now. Now, I don't know if it's going to be like Mahomes in division tough and Justin Herbert maybe improved uh, situation in division tough. But, you know, Miami will be good. They've shown that their floor is pretty high. I think the Patriots are going to be better. I just keep waiting for them to round this corner. It was a shit show this year, but I do think they're going to be better. Um, And then, uh, because who did they hire at OC? Bill O'Brien. Bill, Bill O'Brien. That's a big deal. Yeah. I think that's a huge deal. And, you competence. Know, yeah, competence. Yeah, somebody that's done it. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a tougher decision than, than I thought kind of going through it. But, yeah, I'd be a Jet, too. Although the Devontae Adams thing, you know, He's reuniting dead. with him, it feels good, the whole thing. What is their ceiling, do you think, with the holes that they have in this roster? With Aaron Rodgers, if you're if you're looking at the Vegas Raiders in 23, I would have them as a marginal playoff team if they had Aaron Rodgers. Dude, that defense was terrible. I know it was bad. Damn. I know. Offensive I know. line needs so much work. Um, My boy Max is out there doing it by himself. No disrespect to anybody else, but like. Dude, he okay. So this is one of the interesting things about just kind of the Pro Bowl guys walking around in street clothes basically on the field he is skinny i didn't yeah. I, he, I mean granted he was standing next to miles garrett which is like me standing next to you but yeah, yeah, yeah that's still he, he is lean I, yeah. I thought he was a lot bigger yeah he's a lean guy i mean he's 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 cut like uh he's wiry and he plays that way you know like yeah. jared allen as explosive and twitchy as he was i think part of it was he just had that wiry long frame and and Max is the same way. And the way he gets vertical, like, yeah, he's definitely wiry than you think in person, but also taller than you think in person. He's like, tall. I stood next to that dude, and I was like, damn, dude. I mean, he is just – and that length, that that serves him so well rushing the pass. Yeah. But there's nobody around him. You're right. And can they fill all those holes in a year? I don't know how their capital is, uh, you know, deep in the draft and that sort of thing. And I don't know how much cap room they have. I think they've got cap room. But, uh, yeah, they're loaded with draft capital, according to Raiders Wire. I just think the Jets 
we're, are going to have a top three defense next year. Yep. I think that they they were so, playing so well by the yep. end, and they're they're still young, and man, I I I just loved what I saw on that side of the ball from that team. So, and they're going to return people because they're so young. So I just. I, if Aaron Rodgers was on the Jets, I would I would put them in the playoffs, no question. I'll give you a dark horse here. Well, I don't know if people are still talking about this, but I remember people were talking about the Commanders. Not that, not that it's like the premier destination, but in fantasy land, I don't think they'd be too bad if Rodgers. I, I don't think any of these teams would be bad if Rodgers. I yeah. I think Rodgers can still absolutely ball out, and you know some of this stuff. I think I've let. Some of the narratives around him, as some people have let some of the narratives around him affect the way that I think we look at his ceiling going forward. But mm. this guy can still make, like, I watched him a lot last year. I mean, and yeah, with regularity, the offense was not humming. But when you see the top end throws that he's still capable of making, that's what keeps you in the game. That throw to Mercedes Lewis in the playoffs still lives rent free in my mind up it's the left disgu- sideline. It's disgusting. The Commanders have – I actually really like their wide receiver group, too. I do, too. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Defense isn't as bad as, yeah, as they got better. Uh, the people out west the, in Vegas. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he shows up. And one of the biggest dominoes, I thought, for a lot of guys, including Jimmy G, who's not going to be back in San Francisco. That's another interesting one, like as we play this game of musical chairs. Does he kind of sit and wait now and see where Rodgers went or goes and then, like – you know, I thought Brady retiring was a shock. I mean, like, it, it, it surprised me. Uh, that's another guy off the board. Yeah. That you don't have to worry about. Lamar could get tagged. Like, all of a sudden, the craziest offseason we anticipated happen, happening, we're like one news day away from like, okay, Jimmy G's got every option available. Yeah. I think one thing – so there's just way more teams that need quarterbacks yeah. than our options. So yeah. I do think – Jimmy G, Derek will have their pick. Yeah, I'm the forgetting about my guy Derek Carr, who's probably going to get released because of the contract stuff soon. So that could blow up. Has to. His leverage is crazy. And then so good like, for him, man. Yeah, he, I, I, I am loving the Derek Carr sassy Pro Bowl tour. Yeah, good for Love him. Love good it. for him. I mean, the guy. All he's done is thrown for a ton of yards and touchdowns with bad defenses over a decade. And probably been underappreciated. I mean, like, he's just one of these narrative guys that we built this, like, listen, he's not perfect at this juncture. He's probably more of a bridge or, like, you add him to a contender. But do you think this kind of goes this way? Like, Rodgers gets first choice, Derek probably gets second choice, and then Jimmy gets third choice. I think so. Um, Because I I, kind of think, I don't think Lamar's going anywhere. I think that would be just too much. So, yeah, I think you've got the order right. I think one important thing to... No, with Rodgers is it seems unlikely that the Packers will trade him in the NFC. My guys just put Joe Flacco on the screen. What choice does Joe Flacco have? That's funny. I I don't know what the suggestive Googling was there. but You know who I am caping for, by the way? Jacoby Brissett, who's a free agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was great this year. He was. And a team like San Francisco bringing him in because they can't have enough quarterbacks is one that I would – Yeah. But anyways, so I, I would say since Rodgers is probably not going to the NFC, I can't imagine the Packers would do that. So when you start talking about teams like the Commanders or the Panthers, a team probably that I not, could see yeah. signing a bridge quarterback for Reich yeah. while they draft one, that those are places where I think you'd look at like a Jimmy G. 
where do you look at a Derek Carr? Is it like the, the you know, whichever, well, the Raiders are off the board, but if he doesn't go to the Jets, you think Carr's in, in New York? I like him to the Bucks. Oh. Another, another team. The whole NFC South needs quarterbacks, which is yeah. insane. I know. Um, the Bucks to me, are one, a team where I don't like Jimmy G because I think you want a guy who can push the ball downfield a little bit more to Mike Evans. Yep. Um, who knows because they don't have an offensive coordinator like what their vision is for that offense, but I think they're a team that probably or definitely still feels like they can win now, yeah. especially in that division. So Carr would be, I think he would make sense for them. It's an easy team to forget about because it kind of feels like they're about to be sold for parts because they just fell apart last year health-wise. And it ended spectacularly, but maybe they're not as bad. You know, you look Thank at a three, four window. Yeah, exactly. Jack's coming back. Yep. Offensive line will be better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they're Googling Caleb Williams. That's a good suggestion for the Bucks. Just tank <laughs> the shit out of this thing. Well, that's going to be a thing. That's going to be a real thing this who, year. Who do you think is going to tank the hardest? Because I can't see, I can't see D'Amico tanking. That's I just, over. Yeah, I I think like they have enough. They're going to take quarterback. They're going to take quarterback. Um, they're going to take quarterback. They have some draft capital. I think they're going to try to build some excitement. I'm sure he got some assurances that he's not going to be like everybody else. Uh, this is a real hire that they made. Uh, they don't seem to be going through the motions. I think the Rams should tank. That's my. I, I've said this a couple times. People in LA. I don't think McVay comes back for a tank. I think McVeigh came back because he kind of had to. <laughs> I think he was like, "Damn, I want to do TV," and then he was like, "Ah, this, like the 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 offer's not as good as I thought," or like the you know, you're on TV, you know this shit. <laughs> I think I think Mc I think McVeigh yeah McVeigh's not tanking. You're right, but say I was Sean McVeigh, and I didn't have this insatiable desire to win at all costs, and I looked at the outlook of my franchise for a couple of years, I'm gonna sell some parts. I'm going to sell some parts that are going to ruffle some feathers. They already have. Like some one of these Rams wire sites put up an article about I would trade Aaron Donald, I would trade Jalen Ramsey. And I might. These guys are worth something, and you, you don't have yeah. any capital. And I, I don't trust Matt Stafford for another year Like it, at this juncture Yeah, no, physically. I mean, there's what should they do, what will they do, are two different things. I'll tell you this. Over the next couple months, as the quarterback carousel begins to spin and yeah. guys we've mentioned find homes, and then there's the draft – we will know who's tanking. Yeah. Because if a team like Washington or Indianapolis doesn't get a quarterback, then you know. That's the team that wants Caleb Williams next year. Yeah. And they'd be smart. I mean, I hate to tell that to the guys in the facility because I've been one of those guys, but, you know, like, play hard. You might be here next year when Caleb Williams arrives. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way this thing goes now. So um, that'll be interesting. Okay. Real quick. As we talk about this game, uh, and then I and then I want to I want to hit you with a curveball before you go. But like, how has Kansas City improved through this year defensively? They do it every year. It feels like Spags does a great job of rounding these guys into form. Um, you know, like the young guys have improved and that sort of thing. But is it just development of talent, or have they changed something? I think a lot of it is development of talent. Guys getting a little bit healthier guy like Trent McDuffie was out for much of the season, who I think has been excellent for them, the corner out of UW, coming back and suddenly corners getting to kind of go into their proper places. I think the two safeties, too. I mean, this was defense that, like, they did a fair amount of rebuilding this right. offseason, you know, bringing in 
Justin Reed to put, replace the Honey Badger, for example. Yep. Uh, the corners, I mean, God, in the freaking AFC Championship, it was like all rookies at one point. I thought they played their ass They played really that well. Game. That, that was, game, man. They played really well. That was great to see for them. And then, you know, Scott Moore has a big punt return. Carloftis. Carloftis steps up. Like a lot of their young talent, like Pacheco. Yeah. about the screen game. That guy's a nightmare. So, like, their young players really do draft well and then they develop well. Yeah, and the, but I do think like when you have that much change in an off season, as you know, it does take time. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I do also think like Steve Sagnolo is just like an incredible uh, playoff individual game planner. He doesn't get enough credit right. for it, frankly. I mean, I thought the the game plan in the Cincinnati game was spectacular and totally different from how they played them in the regular season, which Completely. is a testament to him. Completely different because I didn't think I, you know, like I know they're the Chiefs and anything can happen, but I was thinking Bengals the whole way. I mean, I just thought, hey, there's not much that they can change to the point where it looks yeah. any because they they busted their asses defensively the first yeah. game. I mean, they were more physical. The matchups outside were glaring. Uh, you know, Kelsey couldn't get involved on the other side of the ball, like. There was just a bunch of stuff that immediately the Chiefs were doing a better job of when they took the field Sunday. And I think a lot of it is due, it's your point, is Spags is a great matchup coach. You know, like that's a different skill than, hey, what are we running weeks one through eight? You know, it's like Andy Reid with a bye. Andy Reid, that's the biggest thing that scares me for the Eagles. I was just thinking that, like, I... From a pure talent perspective, the Eagles should die. They're better. They're better better just about... On the Eagles offense versus the Chiefs defense we're talking about. Yes. I mean, just about every position, they have a matchup advantage. Steve Spagnuolo is going to dial up some diabolical shit with pressure. Yeah. I'm telling you. And I've seen Jalen Hurts at times struggle with certain blitzes. And I, I, I just, that's something. And, and, he, and Spagnuolo knows that they're outmatched and that mm-hmm. they're going to have to turn the ball over yep. really to have a chance, I think. So I would, there's going to be something chaotic on that side of the ball. Do you think the Chiefs can move the ball to the degree that they're going to need to to make this a game? I think so, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's another one where I think the Eagles have some a lot of talent, especially given the state of the Chiefs wide receiver room. There's some talent advantages. But one, I'll never bet against 15. Just especially like... Not after Sunday. <sighs> And the thing is, like, the, we, I think back to the Tampa Super Bowl where I had the same philosophy, and I was like, oh, turns out offensive line play matters. A lot. The Chiefs' offensive line is so much better than the so one that much. went against the Bucs. So, so much. much better. You so. could see that coming a mile away against the Bucs. I just felt like there was, I mean, no matter how good Patrick Mahomes is, it was asinine to hear people pick him apart. Like, did you see that pocket? Um, <laughs> no, I didn't see the pocket. There was none. Remember that picture where he was like falling to his right and like yes. making it like it was like yes. almost an amazing throw yes. i mean he's yeah he's, he's next level do you think so. the eagles trip here worries you i mean like it does feel like yeah and all they've done is beat the people in front of them and i've defended them on this this point i mean i, I think part of it is like the state of the league and the state of the nfc you know unless you're playing the afc west and or, you know the afc east you get a chance to play buffalo and you get a chance to play kansas city you know, there are certain teams that if they're left off your schedule, people don't perceive that you've been tested. And I felt like, hey, they beat the shit out of Minnesota. That's all they could do early in the season. And then there was a long stretch where, you know, they got tested by Jacksonville at home, a playoff team. They were down in that game in the rain and showed some resolve and came back. 
They dominated their conference opponents. They got tested by the commanders. They got the loss to the commanders. They get in the playoffs, and it just feels like, boom, you're in the Super Bowl. You know, because of the way they've they've handled the, you know, and hey, Brock Purdy, that's good luck for them, but they created that luck. It's not like he slipped on the way to the stadium. You know, so I do I do think they're lucky in that regard, but they created their own luck. How do you interpret their road to the Super Bowl, and do you think this stuff matters so much? You know, it matters a little bit. I mean, by most advanced metrics, they had the easiest schedule, but the Chiefs were up there as well. So, you know, you play the guys in front of you, and then, um, you know, I, I, I think the Commanders game was a little weird. There was turnovers, Right, that was a game where like they hadn't turned the ball over all season. All of a sudden, they had like a bunch of wonky turnovers or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like Quez Watkins gets up, turns the ball. Yeah, over, like I forgot weird about shit. Yeah, yeah. I think they would have beaten the Niners even if it Brock Purdy had stayed in the game. I agree. Personally. I agree. Um, but yeah, I I think what would scare me is just the the quarterback competition. But again, like that's every team who hasn't played Patrick Mahomes. So, um, I I, I think you know, but but that same thing like the Eagles haven't faced or probably the Chiefs haven't faced a team quite like them that's so nope. uniquely built either, which is what makes this game really interesting and kind of hard to project in some ways. Um so I don't think it matters a ton. I think it only matters insofar as like both sides will probably have a harder time yeah. than what we've seen so yeah. far. Which is no, how Super Bowl's supposed to be. No question. That's exactly how it's supposed to be and you make a great point. I think on one side it's like the overall talent level and the other side it's like you have not seen this scheme no one has yet. This thing is going to be, hot, you know, hot off the press. Like Andy Spags chefing it up, and then also it's the quarterback, which like you can't. The best quarterback the Eagles have seen so far is probably no Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers they torched was, him a little bit. That was a that was yeah. that was a Monday or Sunday night game. I mean, but south of Aaron Rodgers, it was Kirk Cousins, I believe. So yeah, this is going to be a big test. I think they're up for it, but it's going to be a big test. Okay, Mina, this is my curveball for you. We've been doing some <laughs> some franchise trades in 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 on the pod uh where you know like we talk about, hey, would this city trade this franchise to to acquire another one? And Seattle has come up a lot because obviously y'all's massive need for basketball. And uh maybe how's hockey going? Is it going okay? I don't I don't know. I would think you so. would you trade This was a proposed <laughs> trade from uh from kingston seattle mariners i know you're gonna say no because the mariners are off the table would you trade the kraken for the sacramento kings yeah definitely. In, a, in a heartbeat but, i mean i just that's just me i like basketball a lot more than hockey what if so. you had to throw the mariners in there no okay see that's what i said if you did what about the mariners straight up for a basketball team no She's not going to say can't. that. This too, even, even though if I pri- actually even privately, she might. No, I mean I've 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 got too much emotionally stake, and the Mariners are getting good now. So this is like the worst possible time to trade them. If you asked me this like six years ago or whatever, maybe. But like in the dead of that streak, yeah, that was no, a fun. That was not. a fun run this off season or this postseason. Oh man, um, okay, I love so the Mariners. She, so as I predicted, she's not trading anybody for. Well, she would just trade the hockey team. The Kraken for a basketball team. Is there any hope for y'all getting basketball soon? Yeah. All the NBA people say us in Vegas are going to get it soon. Good. Can't so. wait. Okay, Mina, I appreciate the time. Jumped around a lot, but hope to see you in Phoenix. And uh, go Birds. I'll just sign off with that. You don't have to. 
That's good. Just in time for me to go watch the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. Be sure to catch that one. Be sure to catch that one. Hey, yo, thank <laughs> Gotta you. Gotta support my guys. Thank you.